Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we're coming back to you sort of between game week 33 and game week 34. Uh, to timestamp it, it is just after 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. Uh, so obviously, you know, the, the game week, uh, double game week finished on Tuesday. Next one starts Friday night. Uh, so we're just slotting a pod in in between. Um, but before we get into the action, uh, first things first, Dan, how are you? Um, Luton wise, not great. Just lost 4-1 to Liverpool. Uh, actually, a good week in Gaffer for a change. I've got you know, the green arrow. So yeah, Gaffer wise, good. Luton wise, not so good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm coming off the sort of watching Arsenal lose in the last minute in the Champions League, although at least theoretically can turn that around or at least have the chance to. Um, but other gaffer-wise, pretty happy. Um, we'll uh, we'll sort of get into that and answer the questions uh, that that people have sent us as well. Um, so yeah, so just as a brief explanation of what we're going to do this week. Um, we're just going to go through our teams. We're going to sort of do what we would normally do sort of after doing the key points in terms of just hitting anything we want to from the games this week. And then we are going to answer your questions. Um, so starting off sort of with the, the game week, um, I'll go first. Um, I got 193 minus four, uh, which was a green arrow um, up to 122nd. Uh, this was despite uh, Jorginho Rutter sitting first sub um, uh, this week. I brought in uh, Kiefer Moore for Morgan Whitaker. Um, obviously, he didn't do a great deal, but he, he got a goal at least. Um, and I brought in, uh, took a hit, which was actually what led to me benching Rutter to bring in Callum Britton, uh, which did work out actually. Um, so, uh, so overall, um, like I said, 193 minus four. Um, pairs in goal, 22. Giles, 16. Britain, 38. Uh, Walker Peters, 14. Davis, 22. Somerville, 6. Carvalho, 30. Philogene, 22. Dolan, 6. Armstrong, 5. And Moore, 12. Um, and as I said, had Rutter's 14 on the bench, but um, I know some people are or quite a few people sold him and are now having to work out when exactly they're getting back. So even though it's a tough game this week, I, I'm still quite glad about still having him. Um, and like I say, it was a nice handy green arrow um, back more in the range of where I would want to be. So uh, so pretty happy with the, with that sort of game week, really. And um, I think all in all, particularly with the the sort of Blackburn and, and Hull guys outside of Dolan, obviously I, I took the punt of Dolan again rather than Smodics, that didn't work. But otherwise, um, it went pretty well this game week, with, particularly with those. So, uh, so yeah, um, pretty happy. I think I think yours went slightly better, though, Dan, didn't it? Yeah, so I got 203. I played away days. Um, I rolled my transfer. Um, I think I'm, I'm up to 129th, so that's 130-place green arrow. Uh, Pears 22, Giles 16, Walker Peters 14, Davis 22, Somerville 6, Carvalho 30, Philogene 22, Smodix 26, 
I played Rutter, so I got 28 for Rutter. Armstrong, 5 and more, 12. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that because I could have taken, like, a minus 4 or something like that, and I would have probably got rid of Rutter. Um, yeah. But I've still got him, plus I've got two free transfers coming out of it, so... I can get rid of some of the players and uh it finally went well having philogene so that's <laughs> that's a brucey bonus yeah um uh, uh it is quite funny for me actually in the end because um my debate on the minus four was whether i added britain or gallagher and after the the first game at the uh, the weekend i thought it was an absolute disaster it ended up sort of i think i would have been slightly better off adding gallagher but it was relatively close in the end between him and Britain so um but it's yeah and like you say particularly with the whole guys you know you're a little bit worried and then uh, they really pulled it off in the Southampton game just like we all expected <laughs> but uh, but yeah so obviously a uh, good game week for both of us there um sort of significant prizes um and yeah I think away days generally speaking we have to say paid off um so in terms of you know some of the games that went towards that um obviously there there were quite a lot of games this this game week um a couple of things that i actually wanted to cover that probably forgotten because they happened at the weekend before all this stuff uh one of them was a big away win for middlesbrough at leicester um middlesbrough keep toying with putting together a run to get back in the playoff race um and i think they're getting to the point now where if they don't do it soon, they're not going to do it at all. Like they're, they're, I think they're 10 points off with a game in hand. Um, yeah. And I think they're getting to the point now where if they don't do it now, they're not going to do it. And so I think in theory, that's a good springboard for them. But they need to make it count. They Every so often they have one of these results and it doesn't lead to a run. And so particularly with how deep in the season we are now, it's getting to the point where no, this has to, this has to be the start of something. Now it can't just be another one of these like good results, and then you you know have a run of like one win in three, one win in four, something like that. Um, but you know, for people who've still held them, and I know there are some, Finnazaz popping up with a goal again. I think it's goals in back-to-back games for him, um, and I think he'll be he'll be one that a lot of people are looking at with the next double obviously involving Middlesbrough um, and Silvera, I think was the one who started up front in this one and he got a goal as well. Um, so that's obviously big for them. Um, also thought it was interesting. I know they have some injury issues, but Lewis O'Brien uh, starting a game as well. Um, we all know what he's capable of. Um, and I think, you know, he's one to, to keep an eye on in terms of uh, picking up more minutes. I know they've got, a few options in the center of the park but um as i said we, we saw his quality sort of when he was at huddersfield and so i think he's he's just one to keep an eye on for me um because i do think he he's potentially an interesting one um lester i think it's a blip like looking at all the stats it just looked like they they did and watching some of the highlights it looked like they did everything except kick it in the goal more than once um so i think uh, it's not necessarily a concern other than it's dropped points and everyone else below them picked up points and you're sort of worried about like, oh, you know, that gap could close, particularly, 
you know, with the big game on Friday against Leeds, if they lose that, it's suddenly down to like, I think it's six points. And then you start looking at it like it's getting a little bit closer. Um, but for the moment, I think they'll still be looking at it as backing themselves to, you know, pick up enough points the rest of the way. Um, the other one that I was going to mention, um, because no, I know it's one, actually I'll leave one because I know it's one that you're keen on and you might want to bring up. Um, I'm going to mention that the Birmingham-Sunderland game, obviously a big win for Birmingham, um, turned out to be the the final game in charge for, was it, was Mick Beale still in charge for the Birmingham game? I've already forgotten now. I think so. Let me let me see if Hume went off. I, th- I think he was still in charge for that game. Yeah, he was because Hume got. I, I think uh, the, the, Hume the handshake got... thing. Yeah, the handshake yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, so uh, obviously you know Tony Mowbray's Birmingham um, uh, beating Sunderland, uh, Mick Beale getting sacked, and obviously. Um, you know, hoping for the best for Tony Mowbray. Now he's going to spend a period of time out uh, due to um, ill health. Um, I think they said they're expecting him to be out um, for a couple of months um, or away for a couple of months. Um, I think they've probably got just about enough to to for them to hope to not sort of be dragged into it while he's away. But um, yeah, obviously that's the main thing for them. But I thought, um, you know, as, as you say, there was the whole, did he blank Trey Hume, did he not blank Trey, Trey Hume thing, um, which feels like the perfect way for the Mick Beale Sunderland era to end. It's been a bit of a disaster, hasn't it? They didn't want him. Yeah. Basically, it's just, yeah. He's He's blown it now, isn't he? He's not getting a job in the championship. You'd assume not, and I mean... I I spoke somewhat positively about him getting the job, but I think the thing the thing that I would say with that is I sort of said if he's learned the lessons from like particularly his stint at Rangers, and he clearly hadn't. Um, like I know everyone wants to focus at the moment, and it's hilarious on the uh, burner account defending him and whatever. But if you look at some of the stuff he was doing and um. And everything it's like he clearly hadn't learned any of the lessons um in terms of sort of accountability in terms of uh the way he engaged with players etc so i think it's you know he did well as a number two and maybe he's just destined to be a good sort of number two um i would be surprised if anyone remotely soon is willing to give him another job um but yeah that that was sort of me kicking off with obviously you know an important result there but also a managerial change and uh also Middlesbrough obviously um anything you want to cover on on those or anything else we've got to talk about the relegation battle haven't we yeah so we obviously had two key results um Sheffield Wednesday going to Millwall and beating them 2-0 yeah and then you've also got Bristol City winning away at uh, sorry, QPR winning away to Bristol City. Yeah. And now we, Mill was sort of just sleptwalked into this relegation battle. It's probably a good time to talk about um, Edwards being sacked today. Um, 
they sort of went away from what Millwall normally are with this appointment. Um, I think they thought, they looked at the table and they thought, well, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham are down. We can bed something in here for next year and it's it's not worked out. And they've basically hired Harris, who is worse than Rowett. So do you think that's a good good appointment? I, I think it is because he knows Millwall and I think he, he will pick up points where Edwards wasn't. But long term, it's it's not a good appointment. I'm I'm not convinced by this. Um, I'm really not. Like I get the argument about knowing the club or whatever. Um, I'm not sure how much like that will help. Um, I'm also not sure, you know, about him. Um, I'm not sure how much he's shown that, like, for him to, for you to look at him and be like. Oh uh, yeah, you know he's going to come in and sort this or this out. Like, you know, if you think sometimes they were overplaying it, well, his team probably isn't going to do that. But um, I'm I'm a little bit concerned. Um, not saying that Edwards was doing a great job. He obviously wasn't. Like the results don't lie. Um, it seems a little bit of a panic, which, as you said, they've sort of sleepwalked into the into the sort of like thick of this battle. Um, but do worry a little bit that this is a panic move that might end up sort of backfiring for them. When you look at the fixtures this week, QPR, Rotherham, QPR have missed a couple of chances to get out of the relegation zone recently. You're not going to get a better one than than this. I know Rotherham scored three against Ipswich, but... Yeah, you've also got Sheffield Wednesday home to Bristol City. That's winnable. Yeah. Um, and as we've already mentioned, Mill will go away to Southampton, which I know Southampton lost, but you'd be surprised if they lost to Mill. Yeah, particularly at home. Like I think they they will have sort of, you know, you don't you don't want to you want to play them in the game where it doesn't work out for them. You don't want to play them in the game where they then sort of. <laughs> get to address the things that didn't work yeah um and yeah you like you say you know Sheffield Wednesday only four points behind now QPR only one point behind like you know they're they're really in it um and yeah it's it's uh you know the pressure could mount a couple of results go the wrong way if they drop into the bottom three all of a sudden you look at them and say you know could it fall away um, in the way that the teams that have sort of been in the bottom three have sort of fought back, you know, in terms of Sheffield Wednesday, QPR, you know, Huddersfield were down there, they've sort of battled through it, et cetera. And I do sort of wonder and worry a little bit for them if they drop into the into the bottom three, uh, could they slide a bit? But I guess we'll see. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm not sort of, you know, are oh, they gone or it's terrible, but... I, I do worry a little bit after this. Um, I think we have to mention Norwich. Um, I th- I thought you were going to go there, but <laughs> no, you know me. I love I love a relegation. Yeah. Battle. Uh, Josh Sargent with a couple of goals. Um, obviously playing very well at the moment. Uh, Gabriel Sara returning. Feels like a while that since we've had sort of. 
you know, Gabriel Sara on a on a little, you know, sort of actually contributing some points where you actually have to think about him. Um, so, you know, obviously that that's a, a big thing for them. Um, I think he's he's scored in back to back games now, um, which, you know, is obviously handy if people like him are chipping in as well. Um, but yeah, a big result. Um, Cardiff, it feels like struggling a little bit at the moment, um, just in a little bit of no man's land. Um, and uh, Norwich, they're they're sort of capitalising at the moment. We're sort of you know wondering the whole time when is when is Wagner going to get sacked? They're they're three points off the playoffs, which if you told me that sort of six weeks ago. I would have sort of been amazed, but um, maybe my pick of um, in the Freddo competition—it's not looking that bad. I'd done the the day after the season finished. Yeah, yeah, I know they're sort of looking at um, potential sort of new managers for the summer. Um, so it sounds like at best he's going to get to the summer, but. Um, yeah, um, I can't remember whether we have. A, I think we do have a question mentioning Norwich attackers, so I won't go too far into it at the moment. But um, yeah, Josh Sargent sort of certainly going along well at the moment. Um, and the last one I wanted to cover, I, I can't remember if we have any questions on it, just because it was a bit of a weird game week for them was Southampton. Um, I didn't watch, obviously, I, I didn't sort of find a stream for their game against Hull. I did watch their game on Friday night against West Brom, where they were very good, uh, bouncing back from um, their their poor result away at Bristol City. I thought they were very good at what can be a very tough place to go, but the Hawthorns. Um, and I, what, what, one of the main things that I wanted to talk about bringing the, by bringing up this game was the Carlos Corberan red card early in the game. Um, I feel for him because, you know, it's completely inadvertent. But, you know, by the rules, there's not much the referee can do. <laughs> the ball hadn't gone out of play or hadn't been given as going out of play. And so he can't touch the ball, which obviously he did in the field of play. Um but yeah, I thought you know that they were a little bit fortunate. The penalty decision could easily have gone against Jack Stevens, um, although it would have had to be the linesman to give it. The referee couldn't see it. But other than that, I thought that Southampton were very good in that game. Um, the second goal in particular, um, the David Brooks goal, um, interplay between I think it was Arebo, Adozi, and Brooks underlined again the quality we've talked about in terms of the, what they can bring off the bench. Um, I was a little bit surprised um, when we got to the Hull game after seeing that um, that uh, neither Aribo nor Brooks started. Because um, I thought Aribo, even just in the little bit he'd shown and beforehand uh, and before he went to Afcon, I thought he would have been a, he would have been good for a game like that. Um, he's someone who's more comfortable when being pressed, and so I thought that was something that that might have been useful for for Southampton in that game and obviously Brooks the way he's looked recently I know they're being cautious with him but I thought that would have been a good game to get him into um I would assume he'll start at the weekend um but yeah 
it's uh, it was a bit of a strange game week for them, and I'm not sure how they'll end up feeling after a very good game away at a good result away at West Brom, and then a not a not very good performance against Hull in midweek straight afterwards. Yeah, it's two games against playoff teams, though, so it's not like disastrous, is it? Yeah. No, and I think if you if you'd sort of said to them, probably, you know. They might have said they might have wanted four points, but if you said you're going to pick up three points, I'm not sure they would have looked at that and said that's the end of the world. I think they'll be a little bit disappointed yeah. with how the whole game went, but I think that they probably won't be sort of like devastated to come out of that with with three points from two tough games. Um, anything else from those you you want to cover or anything else? No, I don't think so. No, I'm just looking through. I mean, you know, you've got Ipswich's late win against Rotherham, but it's two wins you would have expected Ipswich to get against Swansea and Rotherham. Um, Hull, obviously, a big week for them with the two wins. Um, but yeah, that's 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 probably sort of the main points um, sort of covered. I think. Um, so we'll sort of get into into the questions. Um, as I just sort of uh, look for them, um, we've only got a few questions, um, which so hopefully uh, we can cover this off a little bit. But we might be able to give you a little bit more detail as answering these questions, as there's only five of them. Um, Chris Hermitage, is Anderson in the game yet? <laughs> uh, no. Um, so just to clarify for people, we are not responsible for adding players to the game. That 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 you know that it, that is not what we do. Um, so um, I understand you know people sort of replying to to tweets from the pod account saying, "Have you added this player or can you add this player?" Um, you know we can we can sort of you know flag players that aren't in the game, but in terms of actually adding them, that's not what we do. Um, I know Chris is sort of making fun because there was a, a little bit of an exchange, um, but uh, um, and he did actually assist at the, <laughs> the weekend as well. Yeah, I think that they should be in by the next the next game week. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you if you were re- if you were actually going to pick Anderson this week overall the doublers etc then fair play but um uh i imagine most people sort of weren't looking looking for him um uh non-stop fpl has asked if we dumped whitaker for away days do you prioritize getting him back in i hadn't had him for ages so had i need been he was killing me every week so i'm yeah quite happy you didn't go off this week yeah i guess i can speak to this particularly as as someone who did just sell him um i have to say part of my calculation was i was looking at various striker transfers like i said i also looked at sam gallagher uh and one or two others and so part of my decision was do i sell rotter or do i sell whitaker and part of the reason i sold whitaker was it wasn't just a one-week decision obviously he had the two home games in the double but it was looking at afterwards, you know, 
Middlesbrough away, Ipswich at home, Sheffield Wednesday away. Those are not necessarily the the best games. He might return in them, but I'm not. I wasn't sort of looking at those, being like, ah, oh, yeah, I need to keep him around for those. If you're just sort of like you you feel better having him in your team, you sort of want to have him there for his sort of consistency. Absolutely, then go that by all means go for it. It's fine, but I do think it's it's one that you can potentially sort of look to come back to. Um, with the runs that that some of these other sort of strikers have coming up as well. Yeah, it, I've read a few things on Twitter recently that they're not overly imp- the Plymouth fans aren't overly impressed with the new manager. Now, obviously, it's a bit difficult because they lost a lot of players as well in, yeah. in January, so they're they're trying to gel again. But yeah, I don't think. Whitaker's ever going to be a bad option with his price. He's so involved. Yeah. Like he does anything, he gets bonus. So, yeah. He's probably not a must get back because you think even Ipswich have got a really nice run of fixtures. Yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Most people probably sold for an Ipswich forward. Um, yeah. And yeah. That next four or so for them, four to six. Next four to six, you're go- you're going to want an Ipswich forward. So if you if you did that, a lot of people have Rutter. I know they've yeah. got Leicester, but they've then got Huddersfield, Stoke, and Wednesday. Southampton have got Millwall, Birmingham, Preston, and Sunderland. Like like he's just not a must at the minute. I don't think. No, and like you know, I'm just I'm just double checking the questions uh, to see. Um, so so there's a there's a question that sort of hints at it, but I will say I think there's there's other forwards which will come will come to that I think if you were looking at at this moment in time, you'd probably be looking at ahead of Whitaker. Um, but as I say, if you do just want him back because you know you feel better with him in your team or whatever. That that's certainly a defensible decision. Um, Ad Torres asked, "Is it time to get rid of Adam Armstrong, or am I overreacting after he failed on triple triple?" I think there are some people getting itchy on Adam Armstrong. <laughs> um, we we were actually discussing this briefly before we started recording, um, and I think both of us settled on the whole. You can't sell him before Millwall at home, surely. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get from Millwall this this week. To be fair, he's not scored a lot, has he, recently? No. Um, and I think if you, if you were going for something that you really wanted to attack and it needed to be now, then maybe. Like, if you were looking at, like, one of the Millwall not Millwall, sorry, Ipswich forwards, and just being like, particularly if you didn't have one already, and being like, right, Birmingham home, Plymouth away, Bristol City at home, like, I need to get them in right now. Like, I'd still probably be a little bit wary, but it's the sort of one where it's like, okay, I can understand why you're doing that. Um, there's a couple of others um, where it's like, okay, their their run essentially starts now. Um, like, I mean... You know, we we sort of not talked about them great much, great deal. But someone like Hadji Wright, has got a home game, uh, home, two of the next three at home against Preston and Rotherham, 
um, obviously uh, West Brom away in the middle is a, is a little bit tougher, but someone like that, someone like Josh Sargent, Blackburn away, Sunderland at home, if you if you want to go, it's you know there's a decent argument to go now. Um, so I think it does depend to a degree what you're doing, um, but it, it's tough to sort of say like yes, sell him as much as particularly him going off at half time against Hull is a little bit of a concern. Trying to think of any others I like. Um, so it's so tricky to go against the established ones, though. Yeah, you, I mean, you think Middle Middlesbrough have a double, but they don't have a striker who you can pick. Uh, the the other one that I'm just going to throw out there, if people if people want to get really punty. In terms of the next three fixtures, Sheffield Wednesday have Bristol City at home, Rotherham away, Plymouth at home. What do you say? Ugbo. Ugbo as, as a short-term play. Um, it, it, we saw a few um, people went for Thomas Asane. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced by him. Every time I see him, I want to be convinced by him. He seems to get like benched, and they'll just play a yeah. false nine or or something. Yeah, and and like there's no guarantee if he starts that even if they need a goal that they won't take him off. Um, you know, particularly with the additional options they've got. Dean Garner's obviously back. They brought in Marshall on loan from West Ham. They brought in Johnston. They've got Fellows. Like they've got Vyman, they've got so many attacking options at this point that it's sort of like it feels a little bit like it wouldn't take much for him to be off the pitch. So he's one that concerns me a little bit. So yeah, my my really out of the box one is Ugbo. Um, if for whatever reason you've decided that you you just want rid, because some people will, some people will be like, no, I want to do something different and. So uh, just giving you some some options for that. <laughs> uh, FPL Klim, has Dieng completely lost his spot to Glover now? And what borough midfielder do you think is the best option at the moment? I mean, I've been convinced the last two games that Dieng is going to come back into the team. And so I'll probably keep saying Dieng is going to come back into the team. <laughs> I've, I've kept Dieng all this time. I, I, I sold Johansson a couple of weeks ago for pairs and like, Dieng's going to get in eventually, surely, especially after some of the mistakes Glover has made. Yeah, I'm I'm still not entirely convinced by him. And I do think, you know, I've, I've sort of seen some of the stuff that Borough fans have been saying. And there is a perception that, like, while they're not entirely convinced by Dieng as a shot stopper, the way they want to play out at the back, Dieng is, is much better for that. Um, and so I do wonder whether that might come into play. Um, I wouldn't be rushing, particularly if you've got another playing keeper, to sell Dieng, um, because you know it, Sod's law is the week you sell him is the week he'll come back into the team, and you don't need to move it until sort of you get to thirty-seven, because if he gets his spot back by then, you're going to be quite happy to have him at that point. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so I do think there's a little bit of, uh, 
um, of, of sort of just waiting it out with him. Um, and in terms of the borough midfielder, surely it's a disaster at this point. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'd also been looking at Greenwood. I'm a little bit spooked by him dropping out the team um, at the weekend. I know it was off the back of a run where they'd played quite a few games in in relatively quick succession. So it might be that he comes back in, um, in which case I think he's he's a nice option. But um, I'm, I'm sort of slightly put off by him dropping out the team um, at the weekend particularly for a big game like that, the fact that they were sort of, you know, still willing to drop him out of the team um, makes it makes me a little bit more worried about that. Um, anyone else, like, sort of midfielder-wise for Middlesbrough? No, I don't think so. It's tough. Like I say, I, I, you know, even trying to sort of force it with someone like O'Brien, uh, I wouldn't sort of be desperate for that at this point either. Um, and the last question we have is from uh, FPL Maverick. Uh, and he said, best players to target with the fixtures and next double in mind. Are Norwich forwards worth considering? So obviously I've mentioned Josh Sargent. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's a mixed bag for them coming up. Um, you know, obviously Blackburn away, Sunderland at home, Middlesbrough away, Rotherham at home. It's a little bit mixed. We don't know the impact of getting rid of Beale at Sunderland, for example. Um, even sort of as Eustace gets more games under his belt at Blackburn. Um, I wouldn't argue against Sargent, but I'm sort of like, is is he really the best option coming up? Um, I think there's some that, particularly if you're looking ahead to say that Rotherham game, there are some that you could go to for the next three and then go to Sargent, particularly if you've already got, say, your mid- the Middlesbrough options you want in place or you're also adding Middlesbrough. Like, for example, someone like, like I mentioned, had you right, who has Preston at home, then West Brom away, then Rotherham at home before before uh, Sargent has the Rotherham at home game. Um, I mentioned Ugbo, who obviously has those three games. You might sort of just be like, right, I'm going to, keep Adam Armstrong and then move him in 37 or whatever like um, yeah so it but in terms of any of the positions because it wasn't just forwards was it so in terms of the upcoming fixtures and the next double um, anyone else that sort of uh, uh, jumps out I mean you've got picks Sara, it's annoying because sometimes he plays a bit deeper. Or, yeah, or in the ten. Um, I think it might be worth looking at signs. Yeah, seems to have played quite a lot recently, and he's only six three. So yeah, yeah. Um, too. I heard Jack Stacy for ages. Yeah. And he, he was terrible at the start of the season. <laughs> or Norwich were terrible. I think that's yeah. more fair. Um, just looking around. Ipswich. If you're not on Ipswich coverage, I think Ipswich have a really nice run coming up. Um, Moore, Chaplin, 
Davis, Burns. Burns. Um, I think those those are the main ones that you're probably picking between. But I do think um, they're they're worth looking at. Their run is their run coming up is very nice. Um, Middlesbrough, we obviously have, have talked about. I think you can also look at Engel. He's a little bit his stats are nice. He's a little bit pricier, but it looks like if if the returns are going to come from anyone defensively, it's likely to be him. Um, just Southampton. Southampton do have a nice run. So um, whether that's someone like uh, Brooks or Adozi or Fraser or Arms, Stuart Armstrong, I think what you're probably going to have to do if you want a Southampton mid is you're probably going to have to sort of pick the the one that you like, except that there's going to be rotation. But, I mean, you look at the last sort of two or three, they've had midfielders who have returned off the bench in each of them. So I think, you know, that probably helps you stomach the rotation a little bit. But I think with them, it can still be sort of a decent way to go. But I think you just have to pick pick the one you like and go with it and just stick with it. How about going for, say, Nonto? Yeah, I mean, I, it's obviously not quite the right entry point in terms of playing Leicester this week. Yeah, yeah. but I think generally speaking, yeah, he he has to be on radar at this point. Do you, uh, do you think he's going to be ahead of Dan James now? Because obviously, I think he be has ahead. to be at this point. It's obviously unfortunate for Dan James in terms of it was just injury when he was playing well, but Nonto has come into the team, taken it his opportunity with both hands, and you know you can't really be leaving him out at this point. Um, just trying to think whether there's whether there's sort of anything else really. Um, possibly something like West Brom defensively. It's not the best run, but it's also not the worst run. Like they they've got some tough games in here, particularly sort of Hull and Hull away, Coventry at home. Uh, they then play QPR away, Huddersfield away, but. Um, it's not the worst. It's not, but it's not necessarily what I'd be jumping to. But if you want something um, that's sort of going to be a good pick for the next sort of like, you can just leave them there for the next day, like eight to ten games. Something like a West Brom defender um, could be a nice way to cover that. Um, I guess the other one that we have to mention, um, I wouldn't sort of go there until at best thirty-seven. Is there anyone from Birmingham you can see being on the radar ahead of the double? No. <laughs> Had to bring them up because they have the double, but I'm, I'm... Is it, I just I was just looking at that. It's Ipswich, Southampton, Hull, Millwall, and Middlesbrough. Like yeah, all you need is to throw Leeds and Leicester in, and that's probably the worst <laughs> one you could ever get. And and it's like Millwall away in in a in a you know sort of once Harris has had a little bit of time with them as well, it could be back to the old sort of Millwall away where it's just a struggle. Like, yeah, for someone who had um, Stansfield earlier on in the season and he done nothing, I'm I'm not going there. Yeah, um, I'm I'm also going to pose an extra question to you. Um, that that I've sort of been been debating and I've seen people debating. 
obviously this Friday it's Leeds against Leicester. What would your thoughts be about Leeds and Leicester players in terms of starting them, getting them in, benching them? Are there particular players that you would want that you would be more or less likely to bench? Um, I wouldn't bench any of them. Not even sort of one of the defensive ones. No. Okay. That's just I, I've seen people discussing it, so I thought I'd pose the question. Oh yeah. No, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring any in. No, I wouldn't. But I benched Dewsbury Hall. I think he got two attacking returns. Yeah. It's not happening. I'm, I'm I'm playing all of them. Although I've got I've got only attacking ones, so that's sort yeah. of helps. Yeah, I sold Pereira, and part of the reason was like that, you know, straight away it was sort of like Leeds, and uh, I think they've got a couple of other sort of games where you wouldn't necessarily be fussed about having a defender looking at their run. They've obviously got QPR at home, then they play Sunderland away. They might be slightly better now. Beal's gone, and then Hull away. With just you know, they're they're not the easiest sort of opposition. Um, I think it would depend for me. Um, on what it like I think there's going to be some people who are looking around at particularly like do you want to play your Blackburn players this week do you want to play your whole players this week and so maybe you're starting your your Leeds and Leicester um, like you say the likes of Somerville, Dewsbury Hall, Rotter I wouldn't be benching them there's maybe an argument for someone like a Pereira um because if you look at it at the moment, leads away. I'm not sure I'd want a defender in that game. I think he can obviously still do decently, but I can understand benching a Leicester defender. Um, I also think Furpo might have some issues in this game. So I can understand benching the defenders. I think I'm with you in terms of like the attacking players. I, I wouldn't be benching them. No. For example, I've got like two holes in midfielders in Carvalho yeah. and Philogene. Like, Again, against West Brom. Yeah, I think I'll probably sell selling one of them anyway. I've far too much um, hole. Yeah, yeah. Th- it's, looking at three hole now, it's sort of like I know they just beat Southampton, but it's like, do I really want to keep all of them? Uh, quite yeah. possibly not. Um, particularly when I'm talking about the fixture runs some of these other teams have. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that question because I know it's something that a lot of people will be thinking about this yeah. week. Um, so that's everything um, in terms of the, the questions and everything. Hopefully that's sort of been useful for people. Um, if you do have, have anything, um, you know, try and sort of cover anything that anyone else sort of asks between now and deadline. But obviously um, there, you know, we, we've done this and hopefully it covers everything you would need. Um, injury news would be out Friday afternoon. Um, I think we'll be back as normal on Sunday. Um, I have no idea. I'm guessing so. There's no, there's nothing sort of, be, all the games are Friday or Saturday. Yeah, it should be Sunday then. So Sunday, and then obviously uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about um, we'll also sort of briefly talk ahead of next midweek's FA Cup games about the we'll mention the potential implications there. But um, 
yeah we'll we'll so we'll be back on sunday um but uh yeah if there's anything else that that comes up we'll obviously uh try and let you know um apart from that uh thank you for listening and goodbye goodbye